jocks in the pool That is not cool, I need the tools Take me to school, feet first Into this league, me first That cannot be, under the underdog Monica G Feeling a whole lot better suddenly I get in with it, win it again You're one and two in the bag and I'm going for three That is the beat down, got to the best So I keep now, y'all tread in water for weeks Now, now I'm the shark so I eat Now, look, I am not sorry I understood the pun from which I started And never getting these drafts is cathartic, so Dynasty underdog bite down up at the day and the night now easy as flying a kite now come take a look at it right now Dynasty underdog bite down up at the day and the night now easy as flying a kite now come take a look at it right now Everyone, welcome to episode 74 Dynasty Underdog. I'm your host Ryan Dawkins. Joining me today is Billy Beeman, one half of Indie Gaming Pod, and we have a returning guest, Will Dennison. You can find him on Twitter at the giant ninja how's it going man good how you guys doing welcome uh, i'm glad to be here <laughs> welcome back it's your show Holy yeah, no shit. Back. We're, it's we're, all about you <laughs> we're starting off awesome here no this is great man uh <laughs> a long day uh, super professional dude, here i swear it's uh it's funny though because i i think will has become like my arch nemesis in console wars <laughs> so it's quite fitting that you know we have him back on the show i i, I love this uh yeah, man, I, I'm interested to get to get talking about kind of how it was this year, kind of going back to back finals. Well, I got I got to say, uh, I didn't know I had an arch nemesis, so I guess <laughs> that sucks for you. Um, uh, which team is yours? I don't even know. You, you kind of just there sometimes, right? Oh, is that right? Is are that you right? are you are you competing? No, I only I only won the, won my division this year and uh, and beat you last year, but you know that's that's just in the past. I I try to look forward, but since you brought it up, fair enough. <laughs> Dude, so is that your first time going back to back in a league? Or I mean, you've been doing this for a long time, so I'm I'm just wondering. So uh, number one, uh, I, I I didn't go back to back. I actually lost both years. Um, Sorry, made it back to the finals back to back. Yes. Um, and the answer is no. Uh, in my highest stakes league, uh, I've made the championship game four years in a row now, and in this league, console wars, I've made the championship two years. Uh, out of the three years that it's been in existence. I make the championship, I would say about a third of the time. Yeah, I do. I do well. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, going back to back, even just making it is like, <laughs> is pretty incredible. I was trying to make the run and and my, uh, my season got just, or my hopes got dashed in, I think like the first round that I played in the playoffs. So, I mean, it's, it's a crapshoot sometimes, but you've built a pretty big beast in that league. Well, thank you. I, I mean, I try to do that. I try and gain value. Um, I tend to think of dynasty teams as tiny little exercises in capitalism. Um, mm-hmm, each mm-hmm. trade is an opportunity to gain value. Uh, and a lot of people are so focused on gaining, say, 100 points in value in each trade that they end up passing up the value that if you gain five points, your team's more valuable. Um, so the more trades you do, as long as you're good at what you're doing, your team just grows and grows and grows in value the more trades. It's all about quantity. I like that. I love that because I think we talk a lot about how it's it's a market. It's a mini market, right? That's what that's what it is. And you should be trying to take advantage of, you know, the dips and the hype and all that different stuff in there. Um, and I think it might be because Uriah and I, when we first started playing, like Console Wars was our first league. So playing with people like you may have driven us towards viewing it that way, you know, and also obviously talking to you when you first came on gives i think gives us that kind of that that kind of thought so 
What do you think one of the biggest factors is in your success though, over time, since you said, obviously you make it into the finals, a pretty good amount. Yeah. So um, I am uh, somewhat of a unique dynasty player in that I'm not a tape watcher. I mean, I watch some games, but I don't analyze tape uh, and I'm not a metric guy either. Usually most dynasty players are either tape guys or metric guys. And I'm neither. Like I understand the tape and I can watch tape and, and identify. I, I'm a huge Bears fan. And I was telling lots of people that Darnell Mooney was going to be very, very good before anybody had heard of him. Um, and that's because I was watching his practices and I was watching the preseason games when he was a rookie. And I said, this guy has it. I don't know that I can define it, but he's got it. Uh, and it turns out that, you know, he had a thousand yard year this year and you could have had him for free if you traded for him two years ago. I, but I'm not a tape guy and I'm not a metric guy. My success stems from, I think, listening to the right people. Uh, we live in a dynasty world where there is a plethora of information out there. Uh, and as long as you can filter it and listen to the right experts, you can do very, very well. Uh, and I've got my, say, 10 experts that I listen to every podcast they put out and I read every article they publish. And I've got, of those 10, I've got about three or four of them that I have a very good relationship with and I can PM them or email them or even text to them uh, on a couple of occasions and ask their thoughts on things. And if you're talking to the right people, you can get good information. Uh, one specific example of that is TJ Calkins. Uh, I think TJ is one of the smartest people in the business. I know TJ. Uh, I met him through Dynasty Command Center and TJ helped me in uh, a couple of Superflex startups uh, four years ago. And he was telling me, do whatever you need to do to get Patrick Mahomes. And I said, I, I don't know who that is. And he said, well, he's going to be the quarterback for the Chiefs. He's going to be very, very good. You can get him in the fourth round and you will be glad that you did. And I literally took Patrick Mahomes in the fourth round of every startup I did that year. Uh, when he hadn't, he played one game at that point. He had not played. Uh, and obviously that turned into absolute value across the board. If you're listening to the right people and you're making the right bets on certain players, you're going to profit. But yeah, listen, I will definitely respond to your DM in a little bit. Don't worry. I, I'll, gi I'll give you the advice that you're looking for. Um, I know I'm one of those 12 people. <laughs> no, man, that's awesome. I love that advice and that that kind of the way that you do that, because there are there are plenty of great people out there that that can give the advice and, and you don't need to do all the work yourself. Right. That's kind of what we're here for sometimes. So awesome. Yeah. You know what? The, the, the fees are there for a reason. I don't mind spending them. Um, I, I play this game. I don't play this game in order to make money at it. Um, for me, the money is an absolute byproduct. Um, I was shocked to learn that I made like $1,400 this year on my various leagues, but I literally only play for money because I have learned that unless I'm playing for money, the people I'm playing with don't care. Yep. And I like playing the game. I like the trades. I like the competition and I would be into it if they were free leagues. I would take it seriously because I want to win. But if putting $50 on it is what it takes to make everybody else in the league play their best, then what do I care about the $50? Fine. And I looked at my league safe account. I've got like $1,400 in there and, and I'll buy my wife an appliance and she'll <laughs> let me keep playing. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. So I want to ask you, you know, since you came on about a year and a half ago, um, or just this last past season, are there any lessons? Cause we're all still learning. Is there any lesson you've learned this year? Something you're going to try to take with you moving <laughs> forward? 
So here's the weird thing about 2021. And I don't think I'm, I mean, this is not a hot take by any measure, but 2021 was a weird, weird year to the point where I got to the point late in the season where I was playing people because they played on Thursdays. Whereas in the past, you would often avoid Thursdays because they tended to be low scoring games. I thought playing on Thursday was a huge advantage because who the heck knows who's going to get COVID tomorrow? You know, if if they're playing on Thursday, at least I know I got points out of them. Uh, And that is, I don't think, I I sincerely hope that that is not a lesson I can take forward. I hope it never applies again. (laughs) I'm done with it. It's a lesson you can leave behind. (laughs) Right. But playing COVID roulette was a huge part of 2021. There's no question about it. Um, I will say one of the points that was made in the console wars chat that I thought was uh, very, very key. So uh, the, the question was raised about trade deadlines and in console wars, which for those that don't know is a, a 36 team, three copy league, there is no trade deadline. And some people love trade deadlines and some people hate them. Uh, I'm very, very opposed to trade deadlines, but some of my leagues have them and I'm not in charge. Um, but the question was raised whether I would have made the championship game if there was a trade deadline. And the answer is maybe not, maybe even probably not. Uh, I had uh, the only talent I had at tight end was Darren Waller, which is a great tight end at the beginning of the year, but he was injured when it mattered most. And I traded Darren Waller and uh, Taysom Hill, which hopefully doesn't turn into a huge loss, but I got Travis Kelsey back. I consider Waller and Kelsey to be pretty much on par. It's only a one and a half PPR uh, premium. Uh, So it's not a huge tight end premium, but it's nice to have a quality tight end. And I traded for Travis Kelsey uh, approximately 12 minutes before he went off for 75 points and won me the first round. He had a career game. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, would I have won that week with, with maybe, maybe I could have made the right moves, but being able to move on the fly certainly helped. Uh, And I'm a big, big proponent of no trade deadlines because when push comes to shove, the teams that are giving up value for present points, they don't hurt the top teams in the league. Excuse me. They don't help the top teams in the league. They hurt the top teams in the league. Who they help is the bottom teams who are, who are profiting off the fact that they don't need those points this week. Yeah. I'm so glad you put it that way. Billy and I had the same discussion a couple of weeks ago about trade deadlines and we're both team, no trade deadline. And you hit exactly on the head, exactly the same reason why we say it. it's just better for the league. Nine times out of 10, whoever's actually contending, they're going to pay in a little extra. Right. They'll give up that second round pick to get to get a, a 5% more chance of winning their playoff round. Yep. And you know what? That gives a bad team an extra second round pick. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I my team did it and I lost anyway. You know what I mean? Like I, I think I, I sold AJ Brown for Mooney and Keenan Allen trying to get points and you know, just kept, kept dealing and dealing and dealing. And it just ended up not working out because Tom Brady had the worst week of his career, you know? So it it happens like that sometimes, but to your point that helped whoever's team, I dealt those pieces to it helped them and helped the parity of the league. Now I think that I can recover from it. That's why I did all that, but that's, that's the game you play. And that's why we play the game. It's, it's a whole lot of fun. I would just love to point out the fact that (laughs) I'm a guy that traded with both you guys in this league. (laughs) (laughs) I I traded a Leonard Fournette to Billy for Darnell Mooney, who I love. Yeah, that's a good trade. And then I was the one that traded away Kelsey to you for a Taysom, future starting quarterback of the Saints. Yeah, we'll see. It could be. And And you know what? And if Taysom ends up uh, the starting quarterback in New Orleans next year, then I paid a lot 
for yeah. the move from from Waller to Kelsey, but I didn't have a ton of pieces on that team that I was willing to move. Yeah. And that particular move from from Waller to Kelsey, you know, won me two hundred dollars this year. Love that. I think the next trade you made, you made it. Oh, the next trade I made. There's a backstory too, which I'll I'll let you guys in on because I'm I mean I'm an idiot, and sometimes I make. It's a running joke in that league. Uh, I, the rookie picks were in the startup draft. Um, whereas usually rookies themselves are in the, in the startup draft or everybody gets assigned a rookie pick randomly. Um, but in the startup and console wars, the one Oh one was in there. The one Oh two was in there. The one Oh three was in there as a, as a draftable asset. And in my division, I was drafting every single rookie pick because everybody else in my division was undervaluing them and people were making fun of me. Like, what are you doing? How many rookies are you going to have? What are you doing? Um, and I just said, Hey, I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm doing. If I, if I take a, <laughs> I a draft pick, I, I don't have to worry about it. And then lo and behold, two months later, I was trading every rookie pick for twice what I paid for it. Uh, yeah, I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> but yes, in, I actually was an idiot uh, late in the year because I had an offer in my inbox of um, Cooper Cup and Aaron Rodgers for my Kyler Murray and David Njoku. And I should have just hit yes, but I am very, very high on Kyler Murray and I hate the Packers so much that I really don't want Aaron Rodgers on my team. (laughs) Um, You know, there's there's a point to which I want to root for my players. And <laughs> right. I, don't like, I don't like the the conflict of, yeah, I want him to do well, but I really wouldn't mind if he sucked. Um, whatever. I, you know, I put that aside and, and I, and I took the points and I'm glad I did, but I should have just hit accept when it was in there. Um, but we had been going back and forth for a couple of weeks on versions of that deal. And most of that deal involved me upgrading Amari Cooper to Cooper Cup. Uh, And he then transitioned to trying to get me to move off of Kyler to a lower quarterback to get Cooper Cup. And I I rejected the deal. And then after I won that week, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. This deal helps me. I'm close enough. I I, I think I needed two more wins at that point. I sent him the offer. But I, but I sent him the wrong offer and I sent him Cooper Cup and Aaron Rodgers, for, oh, excuse me, uh, Amari Cooper and, and Kyler Murray for Aaron Rodgers and Cooper Cup. And I said, hey, I sent you the deal that I rejected last week. Let's just do it. It wasn't the deal that he had sent me the last week. I basically <laughs> gave him Amari Cooper when I was supposed to give him David and Joker. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't even realize it until like three days later when I was dealing with somebody else and they're like, man, you don't have a whole lot you can trade. And I'm like, well, Amari Cooper's there. Why don't you look at Amari Cooper? And he's like, you don't have Amari Cooper. I'm like, yeah, I do. And then I look and I go, holy crap, where'd he go? And then I put it all together. And at that point, it was way too late for me to say, hey, I screwed up. I sent you the oh. wrong offer. It, it is what it is. I messed up. Oh, I love that gamesmanship from you, though, that you just you just ate it. You know what I mean? Because well, what are you going to do? No, no, I, I mean, you're right. But I think I think I, we think we've all played with players who would jump in the chat and be like, oh, this needs to be reversed. I didn't realize it. Like, you right. know, whatever I, it yeah. is. So you're right. I, <laughs> I, I've, I've been in that situation more than <laughs> once. Uh, I'm in one group of leagues where there's maybe eight of them that I'm in with the same commissioner and most of the same owners. 
And there's a rule there that there's no talking about a trade for an hour after it goes through. And either side has the ability to uh, reverse it within an hour if they made, you know, press the wrong button or whatever. Um, and I have no doubt that I got a deal reversed during the startup because the guy realized that it was a stupid trade on his part and oh, not yeah. because he made a mistake. <laughs> and that's not what it's for. But guess what? You make mistakes, you live with your mistake and you learn from it, you become a better player. But what are you going to do? I think that's the truth right there too. Seriously, is that like, I made some bad moves this year that may have cost me, you know, a position or two or something like that, that like, I'm just like, dude, like I will never do it again. And that's part of it. Like it's part of learning. Like you'll just never do those things again sometimes. hundred percent. Awesome. So I want to ask you this next one real quick because it's close to home. Uh, I want to talk about splitting the pot because I think you again this year went into the finals and did you uh, ask whoever you played if they wanted to split the pot or did they come to you? So I always send a message. Uh, this is always. something that I do um, where I send, and, and it's a philosophical position on my part. Um, I made a decision to offer a chop every time I'm in a championship game uh, and I leave it up to the other person. And that's if I'm a heavy favorite or I'm a heavy underdog, I don't look at the situations of the particular matchup. I just say, I'm going to try to win regardless. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, I would rather have a hundred percent chance at $200 than a 50, 50 chance at, you know, either three fifty or 50. Um, you know, I'll, I'll take the bird in the hand. I'm a conservative guy, a, a conservative economics. Um, and I'll take the, I'll take the bird in the hand. Um, so I did it in, in console wars. I reached out to Benson and, uh, and I said, Hey, if you want to chop it, I'm willing to. And if you don't, literally makes zero difference to me. I'm going to kick your ass either way. And, then I, <laughs> and I didn't, he beat me. Nice. I was like a 45 point underdog, or I was a 45 point favorite, but what are you going to do? Weird stuff happens. Once again, that worked out for you. That, uh, that deal worked out for you. So last year, I think I made um, 10 championship games and I split the pot in, I offered in all 10. And I think I was taken up in seven of the 10. And I ran the numbers after all was said and done. And literally, if I had offered it in zero, uh, I would have made $5 more than I made. So I made almost zero difference whatsoever. This year, I ran the numbers and um, I was only, I offered the chop everywhere I made it. And I think it was accepted in five leagues. Of those five, I won two of them and I lost three of them. And having all those chops ended up making me like $250. Wow. Well, by the math, I mean, it definitely is the right move. I am way too emotional for sure. Because when I won and split the pot, I was like, I shouldn't have split the pot, man. I don't ever want to do that again. But maybe the lesson <laughs> learned is don't do it with Will. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what? But my perspective is I don't care. Uh, if, if, you, if you want to chop it, we'll chop. If we don't, if you don't, we won't. I offered one. Uh, I made I made the championship in two different kitchen sink leagues. I'm in four of the five kitchen sink leagues. Wow, that's actually um, pretty impressive. And I made the yeah. playoffs in all four, and I made the championship game, which um, to make the championship game, you have to win your 12-team conference. And then it's like a Super Bowl between the conferences. And I, and I faced up with Ryan McDowell in one of them in kitchen sink one, and I offered him the chop, and he didn't respond. Um, and I think it's just because he didn't want to say no. Um, and I, and I offered the chop in Kitchen Sink 5, or Kitchen Cinco, as they call it, um, where there were four teams in the championship. 
And Curtis Patrick responded right away and said, never. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's a matter of principle. And I was like, all right, no worries. Um, and I, and I beat Curtis. <laughs> he, he, he would have made money by taking the chop. Um, but I didn't win the league, but I took second. So I won a lot of money and Curtis finished third. Um, which is what I said in the, in the little group chat we had going. I'm like, I don't even care if I win. I just want to be Curtis now. <laughs> and I beat Ryan in Kitchen Sig 1. Congratulations, man. That's, That's dude, that just getting big. there in both of those is pretty crazy. I, I think Kitchen Sink uh, is maybe the most famous dynasty league out there. So having won that is kind of a feather in yes. the cap. I'm pretty proud of that. Absolutely, man. Congrats on that one. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, I think, because – I think all of us can agree. It's like, none of it's about the money. I'm not trying to make money right. off of this. Right. It's like totally, totally about fun. And uh, I think it's like what <laughs> I, I forgot who you said to said it, but it's a matter of principle. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's almost true. Right. It's like, some of us just like have that, like, it's like, no, like I want to just fight to the death. Like I don't care. And I think that's kind of where I've gotten to. And it may cost me money here and there, but I think again, it's like glory. It's like it's like the glory, and you know, it's that I want to play it that way. So here, so here's the other thing. Two years ago, I you know I started my practice of offering the chop everywhere two years ago. Okay. And I was in a league with um, the same basic group of people who were I just didn't get along with them at all, and I ended up quitting all the leagues that I was in with them. It was like five of them, and I just couldn't stand them. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> tell, tell us how you really feel. Yeah. I, and I, I left all, I left every league and, and they were profitable leagues. I was in them for, for two years and I made lots of money off of them. And I'm, and I told myself, I'm like, you know what? I, I don't care about the money. The only reason to stay here and not have fun is to make money. I don't need this. And I just left them all. And I left probably the best orphans that anybody's ever seen, um, <laughs> you know, that like ch- championship teams in uh, that made the championship game in four of the five leagues and won three of the five leagues were orphans. Oh my goodness. Um, but in one of them, uh, I offered the chop and and the other guy said, yes. And the commissioner said, no, you can't chop anything. And I'm like, well, what do you, what do you mean? We can't oh, chop. oh, what? Like we'll chop if we want to, even if you just pay us, we can send each other the 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah, right. And like, like... And he's like, okay, <laughs> I'll tell you what you can chop, but you, neither one of you can set a lineup then. And I'm like, what? And he goes, if you're chopping the pot, then you don't get to set a lineup in a zero zero tie. And that's how you can chop. And I have spoken. That and I so said, weird. okay, then I'm rejecting the chop because I care about winning. Like that's all I right, care about. Right. And that's right. the only time I've rejected a chop where the commissioner told me, well, then I can't play to win. I'm like, well, then screw you. Wow. That is yeah, that's they, bizarre, they, man. They were a bizarre group of guys. Why do commissioners sometimes become dictators and want to do that kind of stuff? Like, why can't you just let the league have fun? It drives me nuts. I don't get it. Oh, goodness. Well, let's hop into some topics. Yeah, that was a long intro. That was fun. <laughs> no, it's good, man. It's good because, again, we want to reiterate that this league that we talk about all the time, console wars, 36 teams, right? 36 teams, all of them are most of them are pretty established players. Maybe Billy and I are kind of some of the newer ones in the league to uh, make it to the finals two years in a row. For me personally, I'm only in like five or six leagues, but and I don't, you know, I don't need to make your head any bigger, but you're probably one of the better dynasty players I've personally witnessed make these moves. And so that's why I want to have you on. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know. I have fun. I'm successful. I don't know that I'm, that I'm, I'm not great, but I think I am good. All right. So uh, is there anyone that you're looking to buy or sell right now? Is there somebody that you think is undervalued? Or a player that you prosper, you think is overvalued? I'm only going to talk about players that I already own in that league because I don't want to. 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come so on. <laughs> guys that I think are huge buys right now. Uh, and obviously it's all speculative. Um, you have to trust your read going into drafts. Uh, and two years ago, I was very, very high on Adam Troutman and I was very high on Cole Komet and they both flashed in their first two years. So I think they are both big buys. I don't know if either one of them is going to turn into a top three tight end, but I could very easily see them both being top eight, maybe even top seven, top six uh, in the very near future. And I think they're worth more than they're going for right now. Uh, so in, t- in tight end premium, I don't know that I would pay anything for them in non-premium leagues, but a tight end premium and especially a heavy premium, like a 1.75, or I'm in one league that's a, that's a two PPR for tight ends. Uh, I think they're very good buys. Yeah, I like that a lot. I I think Cole Komet might have the better chance of succeeding. He's looked better so far. I liked Troutman more coming in, mm-hmm. uh, and I do like his situation better than I like the situation in Chicago. Um, but I agree, he's popped. You, you like a situ a cubulous situation more than Justin Fields? Wow how how bad how much do we hate Justin Fields? Don uh, Payton. I, I like uh, yeah I like that Taysom Hill guy. He's going to be a league winner next year. <laughs> Awesome. I hope so. Awesome. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Those are interesting ones. I dig that. Just riffing here a little bit. Keep them with. I. You're. Did you say you're a Bears fan? I'm a huge Bears fan. It's okay. The, the, there is redemptive power in suffering. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> makes you stronger. Yeah, it makes you stronger. Exactly. Keep them with your Bears. How do you feel about Khalil Herbert as a as a buy right now? I think he flashed this season and. Obviously, we love David Montgomery. I think he's great, but you know, all teams use multiple running backs, and you always want that fail safe. So he seems like one of those guys who's fallen off the radar a little bit since he kind of came on the scene. So yeah, Khalil is uh, somebody who looked fantastic when he got his shot. No question about it. He looked legit when he was in there. Uh, the downside to Khalil is uh, number one, Chicago is one of the teams in the NFL that historically uses multiple running backs less than anywhere else, but we have no idea whether that's going to be the case moving forward. Uh, That's a reflection of head coaches that are no longer there. Um, Is it possible that that trend continues? It's possible, but but we don't know. It's all speculation. So all we have to go on is, number one, he's looked good. Number two, we don't know what's going to happen with Montgomery. Um, As a Bears fan, I hope he's back. I hope he's still there. I hope they sign him to an extension because I think he's legit. I think he's the real deal. Um, if he's not, I think Khalil, Khalil Herbert can be an RB1 in this league. No question about it. And that gives the Bears leverage. They don't need David Montgomery if they've got Khalil, Khalil Herbert ready to, to step in. I think he's a good buy. I bought him in a few leagues. I'm happy to have him where I do. Depends on the price. Uh, and that's the other thing that you know people talk about, players that, that they absolutely want or players that they would never own. I think do not draft lists are the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. There's nobody in the world that I would not buy or I would not draft, depending on price. Uh, if, if you want a future conditional seventh round rookie pick, I'll give them to you. I don't care who it is. Uh, the, you know, the only issue is, do I have room on my roster for him? There's a difference between a 38-man team and a 25-man team. Uh, obviously, the roster spots are more valuable the smaller your roster is, but there's no such thing as somebody I wouldn't buy. It's all about price. Okay. I have one more here. Just again, riffing a little bit and just thinking about how this season has gone. Josh Jacobs seems like a buy to me this off season. And I know that we've all come to hate Josh Jacobs because he doesn't catch enough passes, 
but it just seems like he is literally, I mean, in the abyss, like nobody's talking about this guy. And, and he just, I mean, he finished the season off great, right. Heading into the playoffs. I mean, seems like a guy you could get pretty cheap and might be an RB one for the next couple of years. And see that that's exactly it. It it entirely depends on cost. Uh, If you tell me that I need to give uh, the one Oh eight to get Josh Jacobs, I'll think about it. If you tell me I need to give the 103, no chance. No, yeah, if right. you tell me I can get him for a mid-second, sign me up. I'll take Josh <laughs> Jacobs for a mid-second. Right. So it, it, it depends entirely on what the person that has him right now thinks of him. Yeah, I agree there. I, I think that that we'll find this offseason that it's go, you might be able to get him in that 110 to two something range with something added in. And I kind of I kind of like that. Like, especially for a contender, you know what I mean? Cause he's, he's obviously not a guy I want to buy if I'm like rebuilding necessarily. He's, he's getting, you know, older than I want to buy as a running back in that situation. But, and, and frankly, I think a lot of people overvalue those late first round picks. Yes. Uh, I, they are, they look better as a rookie pick on your, on your sheet where you can click the box and include them in a trade than they do when you convert them into an actual player. Are there people that you get at 110 that, that hit and make a difference? Sure. From time to time, it happens. You know, you, you could have drafted Mac Jones with the 110 last year. And, and if you, not in my league, cause I would have taken him with the 106, but if you took him, Ooh, if you, that's spicy. Not console wars, but you're here in my division. Where'd you get him? Where'd you get him? Uh, either. I think the two, one, something like that. That's, that's insane value. That's one of the things I said when I, when I was here uh, last year, I said those rookie quarterbacks, uh, if it's a first round rookie quarterback, he's going to get four years starting and he's worth whatever pick pay him. Just I remember you saying it's that. It's going to go up in value, no matter what. Yeah, that's the only reason I ever even drafted Mac Jones. I didn't think he'd be any good. Yeah. I just uh, I wasn't going to get fooled again. But he, but if, even if he wasn't good, he was going to start for three years. Yeah. And a quarterback <laughs> who starts for three years is worth a first round pick. You can trade him for exactly what you got him for if you decide he's bad. You can literally cash out for what you paid for if he doesn't hit. And honestly, that's I know we're like going, you know, we're kind of <laughs> off the rails here a little bit, but. I think that's something that you could do with Mac Jones. I mean, it's kind of proven that he he doesn't necessarily have the upside that you want in fantasy. Now, he's going to be a good player, no matter what. Like, he's going to be a good player. But fantasy, do I want him? So I'm thinking about trying to turn him into something else if I can. I like Mac Jones, no doubt about it. But but, but the reason I bring him up is because that's the kind of player you need to think about when you're thinking about trading away your 110, 111, 112. Yes, yes. Last year, you could have drafted Matt, but that's a rarity. Uh, mostly, most years, the, the player you buy with the 110, 111, 112 is not a starter for you. He's a depth piece. Yeah. And if you can trade him for a Josh Jacobs, who probably can be a starting running back for you all year next year, I think that's probably a good buy. Yep. I agree. Now, and I always, sorry, sorry, you're, I always say that, like, try to turn those late round first into early first round picks, right? Like, I always just want, like, the top end stuff. And I think that like, you know, just highlighting that, like that's the goal is always have top end stuff. And the same with going after a Josh Jacobs, it's kind of the same move. Yeah. And just one thing I want to add about Josh Jacobs is I think there's still like a huge, I think everyone sees him as being like a two down thumper and is not getting enough catches or targets that you, you really want from him. Yep. But if you look at this year, he had like over 50 receptions. So, yep. and I think a lot of people still don't, haven't looked at it or don't even think about that right now. So his usage this year has changed. And so he's not just that two down thumper, you know, with Jalen Richard taking all the targets and Kenyon Drake was a non-factor. Maybe he was injured, but I have no idea. He was for a little bit. Do, do we know whether I almost said Oakland, do we know whether Vegas is going to keep their interim head coach? Have they made a decision yet? Not that I know of. I don't think they have. I haven't heard anything about them like searching for coaches. It would be hard for them to dump him after making the playoffs with, with all that drama. 
um, that, you know, he, he came through for them and they finished strong. I, I would suspect he gets a, at least another year to prove himself there. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's uh, Rich Misakia. He's a former special teams, special right. teams coach for uh, Dallas Cowboys and then, then the Raiders. There's also, there's, I, I hear chatter about uh, Harbaugh to Vegas too, though. So I, I don't know. That would be interesting. I kind of want Harbaugh in Jacksonville. I have a soft spot for the Jaguars for whatever reason. And I want to see Trevor Lawrence like succeed. So I thought Harbaugh over there would be kind of sweet, but who knows? He's good. <laughs> he's a good coach. He's definitely a good coach. I'm probably just bullshitting myself. All right. Back on the tracks here. So what are your thoughts about having the 113 as a toilet bowl reward? Okay. So base number one, I think toilet bowls for the most part are pointless and stupid. It's because you've never been in one. I've been in one <laughs> once. <laughs> in, uh, in the first year in console wars, I missed the playoffs on like a tiebreaker. With oh, yeah. Total points scored. So then I got the 113 out of it. Yeah, <laughs> but, me, I did too, by the way. <laughs> but what I really, really hate is when there is part of the prize pool awarded for the winner of the toilet bowl. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I think a 113 pick is, it's a nice compromise of giving everybody something to play for. Uh, and, and there being something there, but it's not going to, number one, it's not going to wreck the league. Who cares? You know, it's the 201. Um, and and number two, it is actually something to win. You know, it's not, it's, it's not a deal breaker. It's not a league breaker, but it's also not a nothing burger. So I, I kind of like it. Yeah. I like that. It also, again, helps the parity of the league. You know, I mean, it is like technically the best of the worst, but it's also just like another asset to use and move around and it, it's fun and it, it keeps everybody in it. Now I agree with you. I actually never had seen the toilet bowl winner ever get money until I was in a, a league this year. And I didn't even see it in the payout structure. And then it happened. I was like, what are we doing here? Like yeah. that, that's nobody should be getting money outside probably the three guys. And if there's like divisions winners and, and if you have total points and stuff like that, you can mess with it. But Nobody who's doing like bad should be getting money. Um, the only thing that I was kind of bringing this up about was, is the 113. Now, I think in console wars, it's it's a very, very big league. So I think it really like doesn't make that big of a difference. Like you said, I don't like you saying that the 201, it makes it sound a lot worse, by the way. Well, it is the 201. <laughs> 113 sounds so much better, but is it too much? Like, do you think that like a 2.13 or something would be better? Or is it just like, who cares? I, I don't, I mean- you're talking about a, a high third versus a high. I like the high second. Yeah, yeah. Here's the one thing about the 113, and and you just illustrated it perfectly. It is somehow more valuable than the 201. <laughs> you, if you're trying to trade it, you could get you could get Josh Jacobs for the 113, <laughs> and you have no chance of getting him for the 201 in another league. But it's the same damn pick. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> I don't think any. I don't think anybody uh, in Charleston was really even like keyed in on that that's a fact but I, in, I think you might be right because i traded i think i traded that plus like i don't know i got like dk metcalf for 113 plus or i forgot what it was but i got that's some crazy stuff for it and i think it's because it has that one attached to it and that's a really right. good point that we should be pointing out is that this is also a, a psychological thing that you can use against your opponents when you have it right yep 100 so here's the other thing to think about with uh you're you know we're talking about the the validity or the value to the league of a toilet bowl awarding the 113. Uh, typically, as dynasty players, we say the sweet spots in the league are to be one of the two or three best teams or one of the two or three worst teams. And what you don't want is to be in the middle. Like that's the worst possible scenario. The only major it. issue I have with the toilet bowl awarding a 113 is it adds value to that middle that we 
systematically try to avoid. So do I, I think playing that middle is poor strategy. It's not mm -hmm. a good way to play the game. And do we want to add value and teach people effectively bad habits? Do I want to give my kid a bigger allowance because he doesn't brush his teeth? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a really interesting point about it, for that's sure. <laughs> I like the way you put that at the end there. But yeah, that's an interesting point about how it does help the middle out because obviously, again, like we said, it's not going to be the worst team there. I guess a really bad team could make a crazy run, I guess, and get it. But, but more often, it's a good team that just was unlucky in one or two games and just missed the playoffs. That's usually who wins it. No, 100%. This year, I, I know Tomb Raiders of Vegas, my buddy Matt's team, he had a strong team all year, just missed the playoffs by points, I believe, and got in there and just like ran through it, you know, and got the 113. And now he's going to use that as an extra piece to bolster his team. So he should trade that pick for Taysom Hill. <laughs> there you go. Got him. I got yeah, him. Send it, send it his way. Send it your eyes away, man. Send it my Let's way. Do it. Um, awesome. Honestly, <laughs> that went to a place I didn't think it was, I didn't know it was going to go, but went to a place that I love. So awesome. Good stuff. Cool. Next one. It's pretty topical because I don't, I don't think we've ever seen this type of finish from a guy who's not done anything since he's been in the league and everybody wants to talk about it. And I don't, I honestly don't even know what to think about it, but is Rashad Penny a buyer? Is he a sell? I'll mind you the last five games, he put up 137 yards, 39 yards, 135 yards, 170 yards and 190 yards to finish off. This so season. what's your, what's your question? His, is he a buy? Is he a sell? What do you, what, is this a guy you're looking forward to try to go get? Or if you have him, are you trying to sell him? And, and I don't, I don't mean to be cheeky. I, I, you know, lawyers are uh, annoyingly specific with language. The answer is it depends. Uh, it depends on what somebody <laughs> will give him. Uh, you know, if I've yeah. got him in a league, uh, he's, Hey, you give me, he's a mid first. Look how we finished the year. Okay. I was going to say I, like if, 109, you'd move for him. I, I think 109 is probably fair. It might be a little bit high. Yeah. Um, okay. Just given what he has done. Uh, I was, Rashad Penny is one of my, uh, um, it's a sad story. Uh, it's a cautionary tale. Uh, <laughs> I was very high on Rashad Penny when he came into the league. Uh, he's, Rashad Penny is actually one of the reasons that I, uh, that I reduced my list of reliable experts by one. Uh, that was <laughs> no somebody got burned <laughs> yeah it was just too many it happened too many times in a year it, 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 i everything for Nikhil harry everything for rashad penny i'm like you know what this guy just keeps missing <laughs> it's this is too many times but his the metrics guys have always loved penny from going back to college they've always loved what he was able to do and have always said he went to a great spot uh, the way that that Seattle runs the ball, the schemes that they run with their blocking, it seemed to be a match made in heaven, uh, much like CEH going to Kansas City. It seemed to be a, a match made in heaven. Uh, and sometimes those matches made in heaven don't work out the way we expect them to. Um, that said, is it too late for him to have hit? No, it's not. Uh, Seattle, specifically Pete Carroll, is a funky coach that doesn't care about draft capital. He doesn't care what he, not his team, but he spent to acquire someone and he will play the person that he thinks gives him the best chance to win in that moment. Uh, Rashad Penny has gotten a few starts over his couple of years in the league and he's looked pretty decent every time he's gotten out there. Uh, you know, he busted off 25 yard runs here and there and then he's back on the bench next week. Um, if he gets the gig in Seattle, 
I think he's an RB1. I think, in fact, I don't think there's any question that he's going to be an RB1 if he gets the gig in Seattle. Is he going to get the gig in Seattle? I've got no idea because I don't know. I don't know if Carroll's going to be there. And if he is, I think I know even less. So one thing I want to add to that is great, great breakdown of it. The only issue I think is that Penny is a free agent in 2022. So, you know, he's not going to be, I mean, maybe he will be super cheap and they'll take a hometown discount and stay there. Maybe, but you'd think that this would be his opportunity to go get paid somewhere. Right. And do you like him if he's on the dolphins? Do you like him if he's in one of those situations or is it more, we like Rashad Penny, former first rounder on Seattle. And that's the only way that we're willing to buy him. It would depend where he went. Um, I don't like anybody in, in Miami. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's another thing. Um, there are there are certain situations that if he went to, I think he could be very very profitable there. Um, there are others that I would be terrified if he, like if he went to New England. Who knows? Oh God, that would drive me insane. Yeah. Right. Okay. I know. Uh, I live up here in Seattle, basically now, and so I listen to sports radio as we do, and so I hear a lot of Seattle talk, and they're playing some interviews for Mashad Penny, and they're talking about his future. Humble guy, by the way. Very well-spoken, very humble. Uh, you can tell he's got a really good head. And he was just talking about how Seattle's the only place he's ever been. He loves it here. I mean, is, a lot of them say that kind of stuff, but the way he was talking about it, it like, sounded real. actually, yeah, it sounded real. Like, he's like, hey, this is the only place I've ever been. I like it here. I don't I don't really want to go. So um, it, I guess if you read into that a little bit, like maybe there's a chance that like, say another, because he's not going to get like a three or four year deal from anybody. Right based on his injury right. history, right? It's going to be a one-year deal, two-year deal, right. three mil, three and a half mil, something like that. May as that, well go right? back to Seattle where you know things are what they are. Yeah. Yeah. I think even if he gets a, if he gets an offer for like, say, half a mil more somewhere else, I think there's a good chance he's like, not, nah, you know, these guys, he even spent, it's like, they spent a lot of time on me. They took a chance on me. They've been there for me, things like that. So I think there, there's some smoke to that. I'm no expert, but I think there's a really good chance he will be back in Seattle. But what, but what are the chances that Seattle is the Seattle that we know next year? I, there's almost I, I I don't think the odds are very high that Russ and Pete Carroll are both back. And if one of them is not there, or if both of them are not there, that changes that situation dramatically. Yeah, hundred percent. That's a great point. That's a great point. It's very up in the air there, and that is personally why, like for me, if you you had to pin me down, I'd be selling Rashad Penny if I had him because I think I'd rather the the possibility of that one oh nine ish that I can get. I think that's where I'd prefer to be. Yeah, and it, and, and it would depend on your team, obviously. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think if you can get a light first for him, it's probably worth taking the pick. Because honestly, even if he ends up in a better situation next year or the same situation, but no Chris Carson, is it going to cost much more than the 109 to buy him back? Probably not. You know, you could probably buy him back for a 109 and throw in a third. And then all it cost you was a third round pick for the insurance of not having the hot potato. Yep. Yep. That's great advice. Cool. All right. So as we do, let's hop into some trades and some non-trades. This one right here is one that we had. So we have a Dynasty Underdog Listener League. Nobody there has a ton of experience except for Ben, but he sucks anyway. And I know you'd listen. <laughs> he, he's in the, he's a commission console war. So it's my favorite kind of league where nobody knows what they're doing. I love them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wild, man. <laughs> so here's this trade. Uh, we just have fun. It's awesome. So this trade was a Javante, a 23 first a 23 second for a 23 first uh where so the the 23 first that got 
that got traded that let me let me rephrase this so Javante Williams and uh 23 first and the 23 second was traded for the 23 first that is presumably going to be the one well how long ago did this trade go because I mean we know the draft order at this point well we don't know the 23 draft order oh that these That's are all, point. these are all, yes, these are all 20. It's funny. I'm I, an, I I'm an idiot. It, it's so funny. I was no, no, you're good, you're that good. earlier and I was like, oh, these are all 23. They're not 22. I don't have to worry about that. All right, cool. So is the, the 23 first and 23 second, the Javante Williams side, is that his own first and second? No, somebody else's. Okay. Are they the same team? No, different. No. Okay. That's my Where second. Do we pre- okay. So that's going to be a high second then is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, oh, ouch! He no. actually was one of the top teams in the league, so it's it's certainly <laughs> going to be one of the lower seconds and like a mid first. Okay, so he gave a mid first, Javante Williams, and a late second for the twenty three one hundred one. I think that's an overpay. I think actually, I think it's a big overpay. Okay, and and to and to be fair to him, he knows that too. In the chat, when I processed it, he literally, I, I was like, "That's a hell of a deal, Ben." like for Ben. And he was like, I know I overpaid, but I wanted to secure that top pick. And I'm playing for, for the 2023 year, essentially. And I was like, I'm like, okay. I mean, you have, you have your plan there. I mean, but you know, I, I think I totally agree with you. It's, it's a bit of an overpay. And also I think just Javante has so much more value, I think on the market. Now, maybe not in our market. I, I don't know, but on the market, it seems like he has like way more value and you can get like a ton for him. So yeah. Well, you're also, you're giving Javante Williams to this, to, uh, the, the 101 that he's getting, let's just call it the 101. Was that owned by the team that he traded to, or was it owned by someone else? Owned by somebody else. Okay. So handing Javante to this team is not going to hurt his pick that he's acquiring, is, is what I'm saying. No, not at all. No. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh yeah. That's a good point. No, this, that pick is very likely going to be one or two. Okay, and Javante doesn't change that because that's not where he's going. That's what I was going to say. You're giving Javante Williams to this team, and you're giving him an ex- a first and a second, and he's obviously buying. He's probably going to flip those picks into more assets, and, and all of a sudden you're looking at a, t- a pick that's not the 101, which you generated. But if that's not the case, that's not the case. So the question is, number one, how high was he on Javante Williams? And it sounds like not as high as consensus. Yeah. Uh, and number two, what what does he see happening in 2023 that he wants that 101 so badly? He wants Bijan Robinson, I'd assume. So is this a superflex league or no? Yes. yes. It is. Okay. So I, my my general rule of thumb is it is very, very difficult for me to take anybody over the top quarterback in any year yeah. in a superflex league. Um, so if I had the 101 in 2023, I wouldn't be looking to, to get Bijan Robinson with it. Is it possible that's why I'd end up taking? Yes. It is possible. Is Bryce Young 2023? Yes. Okay. I think he might be thinking, I think he might have 101 and 102. He might have like two of the top picks here and he might be thinking Bryce Young, Bijan. I think that's what he said in the chat. Okay. So that might be his idea. I don't know how successful Bryce Young can be. I think he's actually a really good, really accurate quarterback, really good. Uh, but I don't know how much his game can translate to the NFL. We'll, we'll see. But regardless, yeah, I, I mean, this is a really, really interesting one. We're going to have to wait, I think, some time for it to play out and actually see what happens. But certainly an overpay on, on the face of it. And Ben wasn't giving any, any, any room at all. That's, that's kind of what happened here. He just kept rejecting trades until this came through. And he said, all right, fine. It's enough. Enough is enough. Ben Devin is the one that sold the 101 for that return. Yeah. Yeah. He, good job, Ben. That's, yeah. that's a great return for that pick. Yeah. Awesome. And I'll mind you, we're calling it the 101, but this is Riley's 101. This is Riley's first. Yeah. And he didn't come in last this year. That's true. That's true. You know what I mean? That's true. 
So, I mean, they are, they are also trying to predict the future, which is, is very tough to do a couple of years out in dynasty. Any, I think anybody would agree on that, but you know, it is what it is. This is, this is going to be something that's going to be interesting to follow along and, and see what he can do with it. Now I know that who is it? It's at, you know, Kobe on Twitter, but I, I forgot his, his name right now, but he has a ton of picks going into that year. So he is going to, you know, rule 2023 we'll see how that works out for him though it's interesting to me that uh that somebody who is that focused on youth and picks is effectively selling low on javante williams javante williams seems like the kind of player that that dynasty player would be very very high on yeah it's interesting i'm not even that i'm not that high on javante myself but i see again like i think it's all the market thing with us again right i don't care if i if i like him or not it's just i see that he's very valuable so let's use that but well, my point is Javante Williams' value is all in speculation. Um, he has looked good at times, and people say what he is going to be in the future, assuming that he's got that job all to himself, assuming that they get a quarterback, all these things happen. And obviously, who knows what's going to happen in the future, but the kind of dynasty player that is speculating two years down the road and putting all their eggs in the basket of what they think the future is going to be seems like the kind of dynasty player who would be higher on Javante Williams than that seems inconsistent to me. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And again, like I've seen trades that I thought were terrible work out for the team that I thought they were terrible for. So not yep. shitting on anybody here. This is just what we think about it, obviously. Right. So just, who, just who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. No, 100%. Totally, totally. Just, I just wanted to say that because obviously we've given our opinions and we're just being very straightforward with it. And I just want to put that out there because this is our listener league and just want to let them know that we are thinking of you. <laughs> we love you. By, by the way, this group of guys is amazing. I got to say again, I mean, it has been in there and uh, and a couple other people, I think. Um, Lewis is in there and us, obviously, but they are super fun and they don't, they take all kinds of shit that, that we give them. They give us shit back. So they're a great group of guys. I, I just want to put that out there too. And you know what? This is a flag planning trade. And I, I never, ever fault somebody for planting their flag on somebody with a trade, especially... Uh, in a league where everybody knows everybody. That is, that's one of the things that, that I wanted to do when I first got into the kitchen sink leagues is plant my flag on these guys. You know, I'm going to get up against these industry experts, these people that write, these people that have podcasts, and I'm willing to give up a little bit of value to make this trade, this splash trade, because I want people talking about me. Was that a shot at us? Was that a shot at us? The podcast? No, not at all. No? Oh, okay. okay. No, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about this. This next one. This actually happened in console wars. So close to home for, for all three of us. I bought, I made a lot of moves this year, man. I really did. I made a ton of moves. I got rid of like Calvin Ridley, Miles Sanders, and it was a tight end from, uh, and Logan Thomas for George Kittle. I think that was the trade I made was one of them. And I, I made a couple other ones all in the efforts to try to win. I have Mark Andrews as well. And I, I looked at it and I was like, look, Kittle's a little inconsistent. I don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be like. If it changes to Lance, is it going to be the same? He's a little older. Let me just get out on Kittle now. And I love, 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 love T Higgins. I mean, I'm, I'm super, super high on him. So this is one of those that I, I don't always make those where like, I'm going to go get the guy I love, but I saw an opportunity here where I thought that it made sense for my team. So what I did was I moved George Kittle for T Higgins, the 3.05 and Khalil Herbert. Now, I just want to give a, a quick shout out to uh, the, the manager that I made the trade with. I, we went back and forth for days, days. And I, I, had, I thought I was going to get a second instead. And he just, he, we worked each other down and he, he, really, 
he really took it to me, man. I, I got to say, so I give him credit for, for, cause I, what I, when I look at this trade objectively, I think it's very even, honestly, at value wise, he needed a tight end. So I think it made sense for him. And again, I have Mark Andrews. So I thought I could do this and get some youth back in, on my team with Higgins thoughts. Kittle is uh, an interesting player. Um, so number one, I have more shares of uh, George Kittle than I have of almost any other player in Dynasty. Wow. Um, of over 24 Dynasty teams, I think I have 12 Kittle shares. Uh, I like George Kittle. I think he is a solid asset. Uh, he is a dis- dependable player. The only issue with him is that he gets hurt from time to time. To time. Uh, but when he's out there, he produces. I am not nearly as high on T. Higgins as you are. We actually talked about this last time I was on the show. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he's been pretty good, though, no? He like, has. He's, he's been great. Good. I, I I would not pay that much for a wide receiver two on the team. Um, I think you gave up the best player in the deal. Uh, and and you gave up a dollar and you got what you're hoping is three quarters back. And when you add up the three quarters, it's 75 cents. And I don't like <laughs> I don't like trading a dollar for 75 cents. Oh, I like Roast that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I mean, that's interesting. I think that I I that's interesting. Yeah, obviously, this all comes down to what you think about T. Higgins, right? Like, it, it really does. Um, well, let me ask you this. Yeah. In a vacuum, which which piece do you like more, George Kittle or T. Or T. Higgins? Mm. That's tough. I, I Okay, so so don't even answer now. If that's, if that's tough, then you got a great trade. Right, because right. Because you got him to add two pieces on top of that for what is, in your mind, a toss-up in value. You don't know whether you prefer George Kittle or T. Higgins. And given that you don't know, the fact that you got 305 and Khalil Herbert on top of what was a toss-up is a great trade from your perspective. For me, I don't even hesitate. It's George Kittle. And because it's George Kittle, then adding a 305 and Khalil Herbert doesn't move the needle for me. I'd rather take the guy that I'm higher on. But that just comes down to the fact that I like Kittle and you like Higgins. It has nothing to do with the value on the, on the trade. Sure. What would it take on the Higgins side to make you feel good about that? Taysom Hill and the 113. <laughs> yes. Beautiful. Yes. That is, that, that's perfect. Right. Would a second have done it? Or would it have to be like T Higgins in a first? So keep in mind, okay, this is a one and a half tight end premium, correct? Yeah. yeah. And I already have Mark Andrews. Yep. So Higgins and a second. If I need wide receiver depth, then that might be enough for me. But I don't think any of my teams are ever going to be in a position where I think I want to move value for positions. I'm pretty good at keeping value spread across positions and not wanting to do that kind of deal. I tend to deal based purely on value. And I like Kittle more than Higgins in a second. That makes sense. Their their points weren't that far off. And I believe... No, Higgins, they weren't. But that's because Kittle missed so much time. And Higgins missed some time too. I oh, did he? How much did he miss? Yeah, let me see. He played 14 games. Okay. And... Just looking real quick, Kittle played 13. So, so pretty close. So pretty close. Pretty close. And and I think that, you know, I, I think that there's a lot more in the tank for Higgins still uh, to, improve, and to improve on. And also, I obviously bought back a ton of years here, right? Yep. And you may have bought a starting, starting running back. It is possible that Khalil Herbert is a starting running back for Chicago if David Montgomery is elsewhere. And that becomes a very valuable piece. You're talking about a late first value right there. If, if Herbert hits. Yeah. Right. And I try to, I try to get him to add Rashad Penny instead of Herbert. And he was like, we're too far apart, man. And I was like, I really want to get this done. And, uh, and so I, I went down to <laughs> Herbert, but 
Yeah, man. I, I, I totally get your side of it. I like that perspective. I liked you kind of grounding me there as well, because I really was kind of riding high on this one. But I, I do think that you bring up some good points in that. I'm, I'm interested to see how this works out going forward in the next year. Yeah. But I might just be too high on George Kittle still. You know, that's that's probably the biggest weakness in my game is that I don't adjust my values nearly as quickly as the market does. I'm totally Bill Belichick in this one and trying to get rid of a player a year you know, uh, a year early than a year too late kind of thing. So I, I do see that there's value in Kittle, obviously. I mean, he's he's a freaking phenomenal player. There's no doubt about it. I just think that I was padded by having Mark Andrews there. I actually won the league last year with just Mark Andrews and having more receiver help. And I think that I had lost that receiver help in, in Calvin Ridley and all that stuff. And this was kind of my way of getting that back, I thought. So anyway. Also, just for the record, most of the leagues that I play in, have a bigger premium than one and a half. Really? So when I play in, in leagues that only have a one and a half, I tend to overvalue tight ends a little bit. I need to adjust the fact that tight ends aren't as valuable as I think they are because I'm in a lot of leagues where it's 1.75 or two. And that does make a bigger difference than you realize. Mm-hmm. Oh, ab- absolutely. Especially for those top end guys, for sure. Where do you have Kittle in your tight end rankings? Uh, he's, I mean, he's still up there. I think in probably like fourth. Interesting. I think. If I, I don't have it right in front of me, that's why I'm saying that it's, it's fourth or third, but I think it's fourth right now. I think I just, it's you, it's a, it's an age thing. I might be little ageist kind of deal here. So you have Andrews ahead of Kittle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've had that for, I, I've had that since people were doubting Mark Andrews at the beginning of this year. I'm just a, I just am a big believer in the, in the target share that he gets there. And just, I think he's a great player as well. You know, what, what about Hawkinson? Do you have Hawkinson ahead of Kittle or no? So I got Andrews, Hawkinson and Kelsey. Yeah. And then Kittle. Andrews, then Hawkinson. No, not, then not in that Kelsey. order. Not in that order. I'm saying I have, I have those there, but yeah, it's Andrews, Kelsey, Hawkinson, Kittle. Interesting. Okay. And you have Pitts ahead of all of them or no? No, I don't yet. Okay. I, I don't, I don't like the situation that much. I love, I love the talent. I just think that these guys are going to last. I just, I guess I need to see it a little bit more. I don't know. So, so Andrews is your tight end one. Yeah. You should be buying him. Cause I don't think he costs tight end one prices right now. You should, you should buy him everywhere you can. Oh, I bought him most places. <laughs> I, I love him, man. I think that, I mean, he proved it this year. You know, he really did. Let me, uh, let me ask you, since we have you here real quick and we're almost out of show sheet stuff to talk about, but I did, receive an offer for and someone offered me Andrews in return for my Javante Williams straight up in, in, in a 1.5, 1.5. I already have Waller. I hate that. I just think you can get more, but it is a, it's, it's a pretty good offer. I mean, I, I would rather have Andrews than, than Javante Williams. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, again, if he's my, if he's my tight end one, I definitely think that. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and think about it. Uh, what, what pick is it going to take to buy Javante Williams? Assuming that you're not packaging him to get the one-on-one in the future. You're just <laughs> buying him straight up. Yeah. Like what pick like in 2022 yeah. would it take to yeah. get Javante Williams? Right. I like the 104. You know, yeah. The 104 what? top, the top five pick. Yeah. I agree. I think it's about a 104, 105. If you offer the 104, 105 to the Mark Andrews owner, he's going to laugh at you. Oh yeah, mm. absolutely. Good point. I might have to click it, click this set. I know I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> I would look, I would look to move Waller right away if I were you then. Maybe trade him to Zelda. That's a good that's a hey, I already man. did. I did <laughs> initially two years ago for a third. Uh, maybe trade <laughs> yeah, him to buy. Zelda. What are you gonna do? I won't with forget Kelsey? that. <laughs> oh Bastard. my goodness. All right. Uh, before before we get out of here, I know we're like a little bit over, but I did want to I, I heard I, I heard Will say that he was in like 24-ish dynasty leagues. 
And, you know, just for our listeners who may be newer and, and not used to that kind of number, I just want to know for you, like, do you feel it's manageable? Did you try to cut down leagues? How does, how do you manage it? So number one, when I say that I have 24, keep in mind that uh, close to like eight or 10 of those are best ball. Okay. Um, okay. And best ball dynasty is very, very different than setting a lineup every week. Uh, basically you can spend time on it or you can ignore it and you don't really lose that much value by ignoring it. Um, you're not going to, you're not going to gain value, but you're not going to lose value. I'm probably a few leagues too high. Um, I'd like to get to the point where I'm only setting 15 lineups a week. Uh, and if I could get it to 10, maybe I should even do that. Um, but it is manageable. Um, I basically devote like a half hour every Monday morning to going through and setting lineups across the board. And then another half hour later in the week, Thursday to do it again. And then maybe on Saturday or Sunday, I'll look at those leagues that I really, really care about and make sure that late news didn't change anything. But for most of my leagues that I, that I don't pay a lot of attention to, you'll find out on Monday or Tuesday that I might've started somebody that was out because I do have too many leagues to, to do that across the board. It's tough, man. I, I think I've found my spot, like just, I've slowly crept up towards 10 and I think it's going to get there this year. And I think that's pretty much as far as I want to go. It's tough because I think that, you know, as a dynasty player, you do want to do startups every year. If you can, you really do. Cause you want to see what the market's like. You want to be involved and it's fun, you know, but um, it's a tough thing, man. It's a tough thing. Here's what I would like to do. Uh, I would like to get a group of 12 or 24 or 36 owners that I have vetted personally, where everybody that is in the group, I know and like, most importantly, and they know what they're doing. So it's a good group of people with good back and forth <laughs> and doing a new startup every year for five years running. So everybody is committed to the same 12 or 24 owners doing a startup this year and a second startup next year and a third startup the year after to see what happens with the, with the startup values among the same owners. I think that would be fascinating. I listen, you can count me. That sounds like a good idea. I'm talking about keeping my leagues down, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested if you can get it going. That's something. So I had that idea a few years ago and it turned into a league that we call the triple crown league. And instead of a new startup every year, it's three leagues in one, and one of them is a dynasty lineups, and one of them is a dynasty best ball, and one of them is a redraft league every year, which I don't really know what that is, but apparently it's for people that, that don't pay attention uh, and just want to pick a new team every year for some reason. Um, so uh, that's the closest I've gotten. That's a pretty cool, that's a pretty cool league setup. I like that. Yeah, and then and then we put a you know a portion of the, the league dues every year goes into a triple crown pot that one person will win if they win all three leagues. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. That's glorious. That's I love cool. that. All right. And man. then uh, the, the redraft rules change every year uh, because they're set by the, by the person that won them the year before. So if you win the redraft league, you get to make whatever league you want. You want to make a vampire league. Everybody's playing a vampire league next year. You want to play a guillotine league. Everybody's playing a guillotine league next year. That's badass. You guys must that's have, cool. a, yeah. Like that's gotta be an active league then. Cause that's, it is. That's it's a good group of owners. Yep. And I went back to back in that league. I've won the lineups two years in a row in that league. <laughs> oh, this guy Jeez, just on his way out bragging. I love it. <laughs> All right. So anything else you guys want to talk about? 
No, man. This has been a great episode, dude. Thank you, Will, again for joining us. It's awesome. You're very welcome. I have a lot of fun hopping on these. I like I like you guys. I like talking dynasty with you guys. And I love your podcast. Appreciate that. All right. Thanks everyone for giving us a listen. Please follow us on Twitter. Follow our guest, Will Dennison at the Giant Ninja. Follow this podcast at Dynasty Underdog. Follow me at Just Your IFF. Follow Billy's pod at any given pod and Billy himself at Willie Beeman DFF. And you guys have a great night. See you guys. Bye.